hello, my friends. You found another episode of Life in Paradise podcast with me, Brandon Harper. The only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with the title. Today's Monday. Thanks for tuning in. I was a little bit late in getting this one done because yesterday was Easter. I was doing Easter things with Easter people, if you know what I mean. I got some funny Biden clips for you today. If you're not a fan of Biden clips, you're in the wrong place. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once every week to get them off my chest. Some you'll agree with, some you won't, and I'm perfectly okay with that. We don't have to share the same opinions, and we can still be friends. If the world could agree to disagree without being disagreeable, we would all agree, and the world would be a better place. One thing about me is that I don't do pre-recorded intros. Another thing about me is that I've been talking about releasing a YouTube channel forever. <laughs> and there's progress being made in that department. But you didn't come here to hear me talk about progress on my YouTube channel. You came here for a daily dose of what in the hell is going on. And for that, I can deliver. Thanks for tuning in. Sit back, relax, and let me have the sticks for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. Great week it's starting out to be. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, the trees are blooming. We're putting beer in cans, we're putting cans on shelves. That's how you supposed to do it. One of the things I like to share on this show are funny clips that I've acquired a list of throughout the years. And one of those is the Casey Kasem meltdown. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's pretty good. There was one a while back, too, with Bill O'Reilly called Do It Live, and I'll have to get a hold of that one. But this one is <laughs> Casey Kasem gets all mad because he's been given the task of doing some kind of dedication right after he announces that someone's dog died or something. I don't know. Here, just listen. For those of you that don't know, this was a radio show host that hosted a a radio show on the weekend called the weekly top 40 and he ranked the songs. I don't know if he, it was his ranking or the billboard. I'm not sure either way. Listen to this. He gets all frustrated and there's a, there's a reason why I'm playing this other than to share funny clip with you. I'll, I'll get into it next. The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at one right here on the radio station. You grew up with music radio one, three, eight. Oh fuck. What the hell's going on here? Geez, well, isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? Geez, I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand whether we have kids or pets or neither it's from a man in cincinnati ohio and here's what he writes dear casey this may seem to be a strange dedication request but i'm quite sincere and it'll mean a lot if you play recently there was a death in our family 
He was a little dog named Snuggles. But he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. It ain't easy. Just to let you know, it's not easy doing this. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. He's right. And then you got to go into somebody dying. He's right. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, hey, don't I don't understand that. it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god, last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to talk like that. I don't approve of that language all the time. There are certain things in that, in that he was saying that I try not to say and don't. And don't. I just flat out don't say them. But, man, I know the frustrations that he was feeling. And trust me, it gets frustrating. When you have a bunch of people feeding you things and telling you what to say and trying to get you to set the mood and making sure everything's right, and, you know, he's relying on all these people around him, and he just blows his top. I get it. I get it. You know what? These We see these people. We hear them. We think we know them. You know, we develop this this relationship in our head, and, and then all of a sudden they do things like this. And since we've created this persona in our own mind, they can wreck everything we ever thought about them, when in reality, we never got to know these people. The old way of doing media and radio, you don't you don't expose who you are. You're acting, you're a character. And this this is exciting to me to see us transition away from that. And I don't know why, but I feel like it's better to have a connection with the performing artist than it is just to wonder their morals, their opinions, their values. I just I I prefer that we get to know them. And you know, this th these old clips are kind of a awakening moment to me to just remind us that used to we had no idea what these people were like i don't know anything about casey Kasem. i don't know if he was a good guy i don't know if he was like this every day and i don't really care i just wanted to use it number one to, to give you a good chuckle and number two to help remind you that a lot of these people and there's still some left they're they're actors they're, they're playing pretend and they get paid good money to project a persona or an image or propaganda, if you want to call it that. And when things don't go right, the real them comes out. That's all I'm saying. I hope you thought it was funny. Last night I was hanging out and I had an epitome. I thought it's really tough to do businesses with cultures who are different than your own. And what made me think about this was the fact that my sailboat business down in Nicaragua it's for sale. Officially, it's for sale. It's on the market. If you're interested, you can go to nikasale.com, and we can work out a dealio. And what's frustrating is that I get, I get tons of emails, and people will just say, profit and loss statement, question mark. But the, the first email of the entire exchange, so we're talking about buying a business that's currently priced at $285,000. In the world of businesses, it's teeny, tiny, tiny little micro business. But either way... There's a set of etiquette. There's a there's a, a protocol that that you go through when you're buying larger assets or businesses or things of that nature. 
It's not a lawnmower on Craigslist. You don't say hours, question mark, lowest price, question mark. I got an email today from this Yahoo. First email exchange between this guy and myself. He had emailed Juliet, who's she manages everything down in Nicaragua and, and helps me keep on track and whatever. She's my assistant down there. And so I get an email from this guy which, that she forwarded me. And his first line is, can you please send profit and loss? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe I'm old school. But when you're talking about buying a business that someone has been building for 11 years, and then they, in their prospectus on the website, it lists like, hey, I put my heart and soul in this business. These people are like family. It's not just a, it's not just a, a profit and loss statement. It's not just a balance sheet. And then this guy writes profit and loss statement, question mark. Like, what is wrong with you people? And I understand that not everyone has bought businesses. And I understand that not everyone sold businesses. But to me, it's kind of some common sense. Like, it's kind of like you don't walk into a house that you're going to buy, a, a $200,000 house, $285,000 house, and say, so uh, what's the lowest price you'll take? I mean, but before you even see the house, you're going to ask someone what the lowest price you're going to take because – I'll tell you what I expect. If I give you a price and you want to buy it, that's it. We're done negotiating. If you ask me what my lowest price is and you haven't even looked at the object that you're buying, I'm going to give you a number and that's it. There will be no negotiating after that. But these people, like, I don't know if people just never taught them the way to do it. I mean, you... You open it up and you say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about the business. I mean, you should have a long list of questions that come first before you even know what the price that they're asking. You know, you should want to know what the expenses look like. Of course you want to know how much money it makes, but that will come. You know, like it's the equivalent of going on a first date with someone. And before you even sit down at the restaurant, you're like, so you want to go back to my apartment? That's what it's like. It just hit me. It just hit me. It's basically like trying to get someone to sleep with you while you know that they want a relationship on the f- the first second you meet them and if if nothing else take this as advice this is this is USA American western business culture etiquette i don't know if it applies anywhere else but i know it applies in the US i suspect it probably applies in Canada but i've noticed a trend i've noticed a trend in people even through selling things on facebook trying to sell i got this lawnmower i'm trying to sell and then the, their first their first question will be lowest price question mark. I write back highest price question mark. And then you know what? They never even bother responding again. And it tells me that they weren't serious. It tells me that the, if I would have said $1000, he probably still wouldn't show up with the money. And I think to myself, who has time? Who has time to spend time inquiring? Another guy. I got this old car that I went in halves with someone on. And we're trying to sell it. And so the buddy that I went in halves with was kind of in charge of taking the phone calls and meeting the people. The car's being kept at my house. He's like, hey, we got a guy coming Friday. We've already settled a price. He's already got insurance on the car. He's got everything. He's ready to drive this car home. So I was like, yep, yeah, it'll be a miracle if he leaves with it. That's just the way people are. So the guy actually showed up. He took the car for a drive. He walked around the car. He opened the hood. Da, 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 he closed it. And my buddy, the, the guys that I'm partners with his car on, he said, hey, before you come, I'm just letting you know, we're not negotiating. We're not lowering the price. You've already done that. We're done. We're not lowering it anymore. 
the guy was like, okay. So then he gets here, he looks at it, and he's like, yeah, um, I don't think I want it. And I just think to myself, all the time and energy going back and forth about the the title and the VIN number and get this for the insurance company and what do the tires look like and send a picture of the tires with the penny stuck in it so I can see how much tread's in it. I got to drive this thing for three hours. And I just think to myself, if you weren't ready to buy, if you didn't know what you were doing, why would you prioritize all that time to, to figuring out these details that are end up being mean, meaningless to you? Blows my mind. I don't know where these people get their time from, but I would love to have some because I don't have time to do that. You, you, you should say, I'm going to go look at the car. I'm taking a pocket full of money. C- can you work with this number? That's it. That's all. You throw the first number out there. You don't message someone and say, best price? Question mark. Or I got one the other day. It was like, test drives? Question mark. Uh, about the mower? Someone says, hours? Question mark. And in the, in the ad of the lawnmower, it specifically says, our meter is broken. I estimate this many hours. And I, there's a whole paragraph about it. And I'm thinking, you're about to go offer someone three, dollars $4,000 for a lawnmower, and you don't even read the ad? I mean, for me, I read the ad four or five times before I even contact the person. And so they write, hours? Question mark. And I, and I knew exactly what they wanted, but I go, I'm usually home after five. And then <laughs> no response, nothing. So I'm beginning to wonder if there's bots out there that uh, that will contact people in order for you to feel like you're getting a lot of traction, and then Facebook just feels, you know, whatever. People are happy. They're they're getting traction. That's all they need. I, I wouldn't put that fast. I wouldn't put that past Facebook to do that. Put in a little program that has a bot message this person every X amount of hours. Make them feel like someone's still interested. Have I told you how much I despise Facebook? I'd pay a large sum of money to watch Zuckerberg go broke. So anyway, so going back to, to doing business, it's very, very hard for people to do business together that come from a different culture of businesses. And I learned this also in Nicaragua. I learned that like in certain places, you don't, you're not punctual. It doesn't matter if you show up when you said you're going to show up. You can be a couple of days late. You can cancel meetings at the last minute. You can agree on a time and that doesn't matter. And that's just the way that they do business. I mean, I'm not here to say which one's best. But I will say that I don't like it. I don't like trying to navigate the way other countries do business or other cultures. Because a good business person, they can they can see trends. They can see the future. Not literally, of course, but they can see the way things are going. And they they project on how to get out there, how to get out in front of that curve. You know, you, you look at some trends, you analyze the data, you pick the direction that you think it's going to go, and then you bet on that direction. And when you don't know the the behavior or the cultural aspects or the the way that people do things, you have no chance at being able to, pr- to predict their behavior. You have to know the culture to do business there. And in my opinion, for me personally, moving forward, I will never invest the time in order to do business with people who do business different than me. And the reason for that is because we have so much business within the borders of the U S we don't, I, what, for what I do and what I see myself doing, there's no need to go sell globally. You can always find people in the U.S. And so I, I encourage people who are thinking about doing business abroad to, to take that into consideration and go work. Go work for a company that does international business for a long time and make sure it's something you want to do. I met a guy one time on an airplane when I was traveling down to Nicaragua. He was traveling there also. He had met with the 
the country's top leaders. So like not the president, but the the within the top ten most corrupt people of that country, he probably met with like the top sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth of them. He said he met with them eight different times trying to get this contract signed to help them manage their garbage. He had a an engineering company that did like sustainable engineering and he had this big program that would help him recover, you know, um, methane gas from their their trash and they could use that to burn this generator and it was going to work out saving the country money of course they had to invest a little bit up front so i met him flying down there i was talking to him and i said you know tell me a little bit about what you do he was telling me he said yeah this is the eighth time i've been here and i just kind of laughed i said dude i know what you're going through i i understand he said every time he went there they guaranteed he'd leave with a check to get things going Never once did he ever see a check. Every time he went there, it was a new group of people. It was new board members, people who hadn't heard the pitch before. Go through. Can you go through everything again? I want, I want this guy to understand it too. So he'd go through his whole pitch. He said they'd have a follow-up meeting the next day. Nobody would show up. He'd show up. Oh, yeah, no, we're not here. <laughs> and so because of those differences, and like I said, that's how they want to do business. That's absolutely fine. I think it's far less efficient for me personally. I would be extremely frustrated, but that's okay. I've come to figure that out the ripe old age of 43, and I have no desire to do business within or, or, or between U.S. and a foreign country unless something comes along and it's a no-brainer and falls in my lap, but I will no longer pursue that. I used to think it would be cool. Oh, man, it'd be cool to travel all over the world and sell things and do business with people, and I don't think that anymore. I no longer think that. Because everyone seems to be adopting the Facebook method. Ugh, frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, a, a court in Florida just ruled that the mask mandates on all transportation and planes and airports is unlawful. Yeah, no crap. We've been knowing that. Why does it take two years for a court to say this? I see all these people, oh, yay, so happy for whatever the judge's name was for striking down the mask mandate. They should have done it a year and a half ago. Should never have this. We should never have the government telling us what we have to do and not questioning it. I It just blows my mind that we didn't have half the population speaking out. I mean, there's lots of people out there that don't like it, but they're not willing to speak up. And in my opinion, if you're not willing to voice your opinion, you can't expect change. If you're going to just sit around and wait for someone to fight for you, well, then things will always be the way they are. You know, in Texas, we haven't been required to wear a mask anywhere for like 18 months. And here we are. We just go along with these stupid rules about wearing masks. Healthy people, people who have had COVID, people who have been vaccinated four or five times, all the people just wearing a mask. I mean, I feel like the, if you took somebody, if you went to 2018 and you plucked up someone, and I don't care if they're right, left, gay, straight, trans, LGBTQIA, whatever. It doesn't matter who they are. You can pick any acronym and bring them to 2022 and say, all right, in 2020, a virus is going to hit the U.S. The death rate of the people who catch the virus will be about... 1%, maybe up to 2 let's just say 2%. Of that 2%, like 70% of them 
will be over the age of 50. Everyone else who dies below the age of 50 is in pretty rough shape. They've got some pre-existing health conditions. The cars haven't fallen their way. They're, they're not healthy people. Okay, and then so I'm now continuing to explain to this person. The deaths pretty much stopped about a year ago. But um, we're still healthy people walking around in face diapers. I feel like that they would say, that's foolish. Why would you do that? Because they wouldn't have had the opportunity for it to become a religion. They wouldn't have had the opportunity to see it evolve into something ridiculous. But since people are too scared to speak out, we just go along with it. Just go, just keep, just keep doing what we're doing because we've been told that if we don't, we hate old people and that we're Nazis and we're extremists and we just believe the lies that have been fed to us and we're scared to stand up and oppose them. And yeah, this is the only time that they didn't say, We should be more like Norway. You know, it's the only time. Every other time, everyone wants to be like Norway until Norway says we're not wearing masks and then we don't want to be like Norway. So... I don't know. It's ridiculous. I see these pictures of people in masks and airports on planes, and I just think, like, what's wrong with us? What is wrong? Why why does everyone just go along with this when we can we can realize, we can admit that, hey, it should be a choice. That's fine. I'm fine with it being a choice. I'm not fine with being told what to do. And if you're fine with being told what to do, then maybe U.S. isn't the place for you. Maybe somewhere like China. Is better for you whenever you can get locked in your apartment for 55 days when COVID starts. And that way you don't have to worry about anything. And everyone else that you hate can get locked in too. And yes, I know someone personally who's Chinese who was locked in their apartment for 55 days. Now, you might think, well, that's that's just too much. That's too much. Okay, well, where's your threshold? Well, at first, we didn't know how bad it was going to be, so we we wanted to keep everyone safe. Yeah, but looking back on it now, you can see that the restrictions were kind of foolish, right? Yeah, but we didn't really know. That's my whole point. Because of the fact that you didn't know, you shouldn't have put all these rules into place. Yeah, but we didn't know. You see, it's like arguing with a five-year-old child. And I firmly believe, and I stand by this, they'll sit there and they'll say, we didn't know, we didn't know. But if it happened again, they would all react the exact same way. Both sides would. The people who wanted the restrictions and the mandates and the laws and the people who didn't want the mandates and the restrictions and the laws. Let's just break it down a little bit, right? We got two groups of people. Don't think about left, right, COVID, masks, locked. Don't think about anything. We got two groups of people. We got one group of people who thinks danger is upon us and we need to make sure that everyone doesn't die. It's, it's dangerous outside and we need to make rules and regulations to protect people. And then we have another group of people saying, we don't think that the danger is worth these rules because what it boils down to, it's just like everyone always says, there are no solutions, there's only trade-offs, right? So one group of people says we need restrictions to keep everyone safe. Another group of people says it's not bad enough. We don't, we don't need that. And then the, the group A, let's just call it the, the group of people that are 
wanting the regulations, that's going to be Group A. So Group A wants the regulations. Group B doesn't want the regulations. And so Group B says, hey, whatever is happening is not bad enough for us to require people to do things because that takes away their freedoms. It, making people do things takes away their choices. Choices are freedom. So we don't think it's worth taking it away. And then the Group A says, listen, you have to trust the science. These people are scientists, and they're telling us we need to do this. And the, the Group B is saying, we don't trust them. There's not enough data. They don't have enough data. There's no control. There's no variable. There's been no study to show that this will make enough difference to require it. Encouraging it would probably be good if we have faith that it works, but requiring it and taking away freedom, there's not enough science there to support that. Okay, so if we have broken down into two groups. One group says do it because we trust the science. The other group says no, we don't want our freedoms taken away because we don't trust the science because there's not enough data. So group A now is faced with group B who won't comply. I don't understand why group A, instead of telling them you're stupid and you're dumb and you're not capable of making decisions, instead of telling them that, saying, you know what? We're so confident that we're right. You do you, boo. You go out there and do what you need to do, and we'll see what happens. The numbers will speak, and we'll see what's going to happen. But you know what? They didn't have enough confidence in that. If they did, they would have just let it go. Let me give another example. Let's say someone lands on planet Earth in the middle of the night when it's dark. They've never been on Earth when the sun is out. And I tell them, hey, tomorrow morning, the sky's going to be blue. And they're like, no way. I don't trust you. And I say, yeah, no, no, no. Here, look, here's pictures. Here's everything. Here's all the information I have. Uh, here's some documents. Here's the Internet. This is this thing where we look up data. Tells you why the sky's blue. And they say, I still don't believe you. What am I going to say? Well, first, I'm probably going to say, well, you want to bet? And then I would say, okay, that's fine. You don't have to believe me. I'm just going to let you wait until tomorrow and figure it out. And you'll see. You'll see when the sun comes up, the dang sky will be blue. And I don't understand why Group A couldn't have been that way. Actually, I do understand. Because it wasn't about safety. It's about control, compliance, and it turned into a religion. And that's why it will happen. It'll go down the exact same way it went down last time. No one was willing to step up. No leadership was willing to say, hey, we're not complying with this. Because no one wants to be the guy who kills old people. And I completely understand the standpoint. Well, you know, I, I wanted to wear a mask and I wanted to stay home because I wanted to keep people safe. You know what? I get it. You should do what you're convicted to do. You should do exactly what you feel like doing. What you should not do is tell other people what they should do. When the results aren't bad enough to warrant it. I actually don't think there should be laws. Even if the death rate was 20%, 50%. You know what? 50%. I still don't think the government should get involved. 99%, I don't think the government should get involved. This is just my opinion. We don't have to agree. But let the people make bad decisions and they'll learn from them. That's how little kids learn not to touch hot stoves. They, they go try it. The parent says, don't touch the stove. They touch the stove, boom, they burn their hand. They'll probably never touch a stove again. Not on purpose anyway. So... The longer that we protect people 
from making bad decisions, the long will have to continue to protect people from making bad decisions. I'm going to just leave that at that. No, I'm not. I'm just joking. I'm going to add one more thing. Now, let's go back to the group A and B. Okay, so group B were the ones that didn't trust group A. We don't believe what you're saying. We don't want to comply. We want to do more research. We want to know why you people are saying this. We want to know why you're telling us to, to, to do these things. Now, those people would like, you know, they, they want to claw their way into the government. They want to peel back the layers of the onion and see what's going on inside there. And the group A is saying, don't, no, you can't look in there. You're not allowed to peel inside the onion. You just have to do what you're told. And then group B is going, but if you guys are making me do things that I don't want to do, I've got to know why. And I'm going to question them. And so, all right, even if you disagree with everything else so far, you can admit that one group wanted to look further into it and figure out if, if it was really the truth and do research and call bullshit where they need to. And the other group did not. That's a fact. No one can deny that. Which type of group would you rather have make up the population of your country? Would you rather have the group who just doesn't question things and does exactly what they're told to do? Or would you have the group who says, time out, we got to know what you're doing up there on every single issue? What could have been the different outcome from World War II? If from day one, the citizens of Germany were like, yo, 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 bro, mustache, t chill out, bro. We voted for you. That's cool and all. Why are you loading up our homies and buses and send them off? What's happening? You know, imagine if people would have questioned that. It would have stopped things. If people would have questioned Pol Pot or Ho Chi Minh or Lenin or Mussolini, we have to question people. You know, it, the people that make up a population of a country is the only thing that can keep the, the politicians in check. And we have to encourage it. So keep pressing. If you don't agree with something, if you don't understand something, look into it. Go do your own research. Don't just rely on, on some TikTok video or, or my podcast or anything. I don't want people to rely on me. I want you to go fact check me, but not on Facebook, anywhere else. And now I'm going to leave that at that. Moving right along to the world of sleepy slow-mo Joe Biden. I think I've uncovered something. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Alex Jones. You're listening to InfoWars. The black helicopters are outside, and I've got some footage of Joe Biden with a clap track. Not too bad, huh? That was my first Alex Jones impression on here, I think. So I was watching one of his speeches, which, you know, whenever it pops up somewhere on some alert on some device, Joe Biden is speaking or has spoken. I have to watch it. I, I can't always make it through the entire time. It's 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 pretty torturous to me. Torturous or torturesome? I don't know. Either way, it's like torture listening to him try to talk. But I do it because it gives me good good content for this podcast. So he was speaking to a group of, uh, I want to say it was a, a black school, maybe graduate, South Carolina, something like that. I don't know. But I think... Somewhere along the lines between him speaking to a room of people and the clip making it to the interwebs, somebody dubbed some some clapping in there. Remember the old TV shows? This show's for film before live studio audience. 
Remember those? I I think I think they did that. I think they did that. But first, before we do that, Joe Biden wants you to know it's not a joke. 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 Joe Biden said it's not a joke seven times in 29 minutes in the same speech. Not a joke. Not a joke. To do serious brain damage. Not a joke. Not a joke. Not a joke. The future is being written. Not a joke. The future is being written. Just pay a little tiny bit. Not a joke. Of the world. Not a joke. Uh, you think he was joking? <laughs> I w- if I was there and he walked off stage, I would go, hey, was any of that a joke? And I bet you he wouldn't get it. He would probably go, no, this is not a joke. He wouldn't get it. He would not get it because he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah, each one of those were taken from the exact same speech from different points of time, and I just mashed them all together. So I know a lot of them sound like I was just copied and pasted the sound, but you know what? I'm going to post a link to the original speech in the, in the notes of the podcast. So you can go there, click on it, and watch him speak for 33 minutes and three seconds and count the number of times he says not a joke. In fact, here's the timestamps. 2 minutes, 39 seconds. 24 minutes, 54 seconds. 26 minutes, 35 seconds. 37 minutes, no, sorry. 27 minutes, 25 seconds. 29 minutes, 31 seconds. 32 minutes, 58 seconds. 33 minutes, 3 seconds. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 within a 5-minute window. <laughs> Oh, his speechwriters must be face-palming it the whole time. Okay, so that's the not-a-joke part. And then listen to this. So this is the, the first part that you're going to hear is the opening when he walks out from behind the curtain onto the stage and he starts speaking. And you'll hear the clap. And, I mean, it's just sad. It sounds like he's in a elementary school cafeteria and there's like five people in there with him. But I want you to pay attention to how quiet that is. And then on the second clip, I want you to pay attention to how abrupt the cl- the clapping ends. You know, typically when people are clapping, it trails off a little bit. Everyone doesn't stop clapping at the same time. Unless, one, you have a light on telling people to clap. Or number two, it's being put in there with the computer. <laughs> Chancellor, please take a seat if you have one. Now, did you hear how quiet that was? It, you know, you could just you can hear like the individual claps. Oh, okay, all right, all right. So that that was it. That was the intro. Now, here's later later in the program. Hang on. North Carolina, thanks to the American Rescue Plan and the leadership of Governor Cooper has added 194,000 jobs in the last 14 months. 194,000 jobs. Good job. That's 67,000. You hear that? You could hear the clapping end abruptly. Bad, bad audio production. Hey, I could be wrong. 
I would love for some audio engineer to write me and say, hey, dude, you're right, or no, you're wrong. It was, they all just happened to stop clapping at the same time. You're you're just a right-wing conspiracy theorist Nazi. I'm going to play it again, and I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop the clip right after I hear the clapping end. 194,000 jobs. Good job. That's 67. Did you catch it? Here, I'm going to isolate it and play it like four or five times back to back. 67,000, 67,000, 67,000, You hear it? Am I wrong? Is I'm lying? Is I'm lying? I don't think so. Do your own due diligence. Don't trust me. You know what I'm saying? It's just my opinion. You can't cancel somebody for having an opinion. Can you? Can you? Can you cancel someone if you always give a opinion disclaimer? Because that would be weak. Okay, for my next trick, I'm going to try something. This may this may not go well, but this is something that it would help to have like a visual, uh, something to show you. But I'm going to try to explain it to you, and you try to picture it, and maybe we'll end up on the same wavelength. So think about a line out in front of you, three feet wide, something like that. It's a shape like a rectangle, six inches by like 36 inches, just a rectangle. But the lines can move left and right, okay? I want you to think about the right being the conservative side and the left being the liberal side of our political spectrum. And pretty much, unless you're extreme, you fall within that bar, right? There's people who can fall outside that bar, but the majority of the people fall within that 6-inch by 36-inch bar, and it can slide. It's like on a rope. It can slide back and forth, okay? The right's the conservatives. The left is the, the liberals. So if we can all admit that politicians want to get reelected, and one of the main ways they get reelected is by, quote-unquote, getting things done, enacting policy, right? So remember, let's look back up at our big spectrum. We got our bar, 6 inches by 36 inches. But then outside that, we've got the extreme. So if you go all the way to the left, past the bar, past most people, you have communism, hard socialism, or maybe even communism. Now, I don't want to hear, Stop calling us communists and socialists. We're all about equality and equity and fairness. I didn't say you were. I just said that is the end of the spectrum. That's the left hand, the far left hand side of the spectrum. The far right hand side of the spectrum is anarchy. No rules, no laws, just freedom. Now, we can all agree that those far ends of the spectrum, way out there, way past our bar, we can all agree that that's not the place to be. you got to be somewhere in between those two. Now, if everyone's goal is to get reelected, and everyone, when I say everyone's, most politicians' goal is to just get reelected because they're incentivized by more than just changing everything for everyone. So... If their goal is to get elected and they have to put policy in place to do so, that will continually shift our bar to the left. And that will make people who used to be in the center of our bar now to the right side of it. Because if people are incentivized to get reelected and in order to get reelected, you have to put policy in place. Remember the two far ends of our spectrum. One side is a total control, all kinds of rules, all kinds of laws, not, not much freedom. The other side is no rules, no laws, 
Just a, a frat party for life. And on top of those two things, the people on the right side of this bar, or our spectrum, they don't want to move it to the right. They don't want to go back towards anarchy. Well, at least they haven't up until lately. You're starting to see people, instead of conservatives just digging in their heels and saying, we're not going to do that, we're just going to do nothing, there's people that are starting to push back. And they're wanting to unwind policy and make more freedom and less regulations. And so because of the, the continual way that it's always been, the spectrum gets shifted to the left. And this all made sense the other night when I was listening to Joe Rogan and Bill Maher. And Bill Maher said, you know, I used to be considered a hardcore liberal. My views aligned with the left. All the policy that the left put into place I approved of, I was. And now I'm being called a conservative or, or Republican because now my views don't align with them. But he said, my views haven't changed. My views have stayed exactly where they've always been. And so since you're seeing the spectrum always move to the left, they're capturing people to the left to bring into our bar, our spectrum, our 6 by 36 rectangle. It's putting people in there. And that becomes the bulk of the people. As the bar moves to the left, it picks up people. Now, what happens to the people that were on the right, the right end of that bar? They get left out, and now they're considered extremists. And so this is what's happening. The bar is shifting to the left. You're capturing people who are further to the left than what used to be the norm, and you're forcing people out of the spectrum on the right who are now being considered extreme by the left. And there's not a good way around it other than the people who are on the right fighting to pull that bar back to the right. So in my opinion, perhaps digging your heels in and just saying, no, we won't go for that. It's going to take, we are not going to go for that. And here's what we are going to do. And that's been the missing piece of the puzzle that the, the calm, the Republicans calm, the right calm, the baby savers, whatever you want to call them. That's been the reason that they've been getting this label, these extremists, because the the political spectrum is just shifting to the left. And I'm telling you, what's going to happen is one day they're going to run out of voters. One day they're going to there's not going to be any more minorities. There's not going to be any more illegal immigrants. After enough time, the black people of the country are going to realize, hey, maybe they're not all racist. Maybe they're not all Nazis. But it's going to take time for them to see with their own eyes because. They've been told one thing, and as much as the right tries to say, we're not Nazis, we're not Nazis, we're not Nazis, we're not Nazis, the people who are being told that they're Nazis will have to see with their own eyes that they are not Nazis. And that will happen eventually. And when that happens, the, spe the spectrum will have shifted a little bit more to the left. And in my opinion, this is why they're allowing just thousands upon thousands of people pour into the country. Because there's people who are way smarter than me, and they study political science, and they understand that the, the spectrum is shifting to the left. I mean, look at TV shows. Remember Leave it to Beaver? They wouldn't even show the parents in the same bed. And before that, they wouldn't show the parents in the same bedroom. And now, we got Cardi B singing, I'm not even going to say it. Dirty songs about dirty body parts to little kids. 
Is that okay? I don't know. I like freedom. I like people to be able to say whatever they want to say. I believe it's people's right, like Cardi B, to say her music and then be judged by all the people who spend their money to buy it or not buy it or tell their kids not to listen to it. I don't think we should say she shouldn't be making that kind of music. It's not the creators to blame. It's the people who buy it. I'll tell you how to make an extremist, how to make someone into an extremist. Tell them that they're an extremist long enough, and then eventually they'll be an extremist. You know, it's like these people that run around telling everybody they're racist. You want to know how to make someone a racist? Continually tell them that they're racist, even though the decisions and the actions that take place in their life look nothing like a racist. You know, I heard an interesting fact the other day from the, I don't know if it was the Motion Picture Association. It was whoever was in charge of movies, right? When movies were being made for movie theaters, I don't know, probably in the 30s, something like that, 40s maybe. And there was a list of all the things they couldn't show. They couldn't show, like, sexually explicit things, certain types of nudity. The way that they presented murder had to be very specific. And so I'll admit that that's liberal used to mean freedom. Liberal used to mean, you know what? We don't want censorship in our movies. We don't want to be told to wear bras. We don't want to be told this. We want liberal. We want open, free-minded we want this. Okay? So remember, remember our spectrum. That's not all the way to the left. All the way to the left is socialist communism. Somewhere in the middle is we want to be free. We want to express ourselves with art, and we don't want someone telling us what we can and can't put in the movie theaters. But what's happened? That spectrum has shifted to the left. And now the people who want that are considered right because since the 1930s, the spectrum has moved a long way. I don't know. I hope it makes sense in your head. To me, it does. If I could draw a picture and show it to you, maybe it would make more sense. But it's no secret this is happening. And the only thing that can change is for people to say, no, we're no longer shifting to the left. And in order to keep that from happening, we're going to fight to shift to the right. And maybe we'll reach a stalemate. And I think that's how our founding fathers envisioned it. They thought these people are going to want to push the country to one side and these people will want to push the country to the other. And if the whole country split down the middle, it'll kind of just stay where it is. That's not what's happening. It's not what's happened. If you disagree or you have a different take on it, I'd love to hear from you. I really would like to bring someone on and have a, a conversation, someone who disagrees with me. If you know someone who's like the polar opposite of me, reach out to me. You can email me, brandontheharper at gmail.com. And we'll see what's up. We'll see what's up. I don't, I'm not one of these guys who wants to yeah, bring them on here. I'll, I'll debate them and, and argue. I would like to just talk through my ideas and see if they agree or disagree. All right. All right. Okay. I think that's going to do it. I've got two more topics. I'm going to hold off till the next podcast. One of those is uh, the Department of Education's Equity and Action Plan that they're... I don't know if he signed it or not, but it's um, it relates to school education. Hold on. You know what I just sound like? I just sound like the people who are always talking about, I want to be more like Norway. <laughs> so my apologies. I'm trying to look at my notes. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to think. Next week, we got that, and we also got 
the the topic of my note is countries got to be rich to go green. Do your research. Thanks for listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Go out there. Have a great week. Enjoy the weather. Be thankful for what you own. Get yourself out of debt. Help someone who needs help financially. And most of all, keep it tranquilo. I got laughed at. I got chumps. I got dissed. I got upset. I got a ticket of banana clip. Was down the throat of led to any deal attack can. I still have been broke, so a lot of good and would have did. Or done. If not for bad luck, I would have none. Why did I have to live a life of such a bad one? Why when I was a kid and played, I was a sad one. And always wanted to live like this a fat one. Gamble in the